Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Hello, hello. Welcome back. And uh, thanks for hanging out with me, Brian Mazarowski here on Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN. Joe is off today. He's uh, enjoying the holiday week. He was uh, hard at work uh, late last week on Christmas Eve. So he's taking his holiday uh, today. And uh, hope that a lot of people out there are doing the same thing. Hope you're able to uh, take a little bit of time to relax, decompress, unwind, do all of that kind of stuff throughout the day today. Uh, because, you know, it's one of those kind of weeks. Right in between Christmas and New Year's, slow pace out there for a lot of people. And, you know, trust I know a lot of people are hard at work. I'm hoping uh, uh, some others are able to... Calm down a little bit. Enjoy some time with friends and family. B. Madison B. We're here on WBEN. Uh, I'm, you know, looking into a, a few different things. I, I want to know. I, I was thinking about this. I always love. I am the type of person who loves the end of the year best of lists. Uh, and I'm the type of person who loves this kind of stuff. I think primarily because. I don't really keep up with everything that's going on all throughout the year, right? I mean, it's too tough. There's too much stuff going on all the time for me to know, you know, what the best movie is or the best books that came out or, you know, music, anything like this. So I love these year-end lists. All right, you know, tell me. There's a one TV show from the past year that I should uh, maybe check out at some point in the future. What is it? You know, I, I don't want to sift through everything as it comes. I don't have time for any of that. So give me, you know, what is the best of. And that's what I want to do throughout the week, 803-0930. Uh, throughout the week when I'm here with you, I'm Beamaz and Beamer. What is your best of 2021? And, and by best of, it could mean anything. What's movie you saw? What's the best movie you saw in 2021? What's the best just thing you did? What's the thing you like most about 2021? Was there a positive? It's tough to find the positives a lot of times these days. Was it something you did? Was it something you got back to? Was it a a news story? Was it some other story that you say is best of 2021? Maybe it is, you know, like these lists. Maybe it was a movie. What's your favorite movie of this past year? TV show, music album. What did you really enjoy in 2021? Tell us before it's too late. 2021 is about to be in the rearview mirror. 
So what happened that you really liked in uh, the new year? You can let us know. 803-0930. Send us a text on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board or give me a call. 803-0930. As we'll be talking about that throughout the week. I thought this was interesting. Uh, We're not going to do this on uh, the show, but I I did want to play this for people out there. there. There were a couple of, you know, really interesting tidbits that came out of uh, CBS's Face the Nation this uh, week. And I talked about one of them with a few of our guests, and that was uh, the vice president, kind of changing her tune on COVID. You know, it's been months of uh, pointing the finger at people who haven't gotten the vaccine and they are responsible for any sort of COVID spread. That has been the response for a long time. And now maybe changing that and really having to change that, right? You look at New York City. Highly vaccinated. Day after day after day, record number of COVID cases. I think everyone over the past few days, over the past week, has known somebody who has had COVID. A lot of them vaccinated, right? So, you know, changing that a little. So that came out of Face the Nation. Then also this. They were talking about the most underreported stories of 2021. And this is Jan Crawford. Uh, They came to her on what was the most underreported story. And it's a story that... I wouldn't say it's underreported from our aspect of this. We talk about this on, at the very least, a weekly basis all throughout 2021. But there is a difference between being reported and, you know, really feeling the impact. Right, it goes to something uh, that I think uh, if we have time later, I do want to revisit again our conversation with the Medal of Honor recipient who uh, unfortunately passed away over this weekend, and I kind of asked him, and I made mention of that, and I think about this often is, you know, you can tell the story of an event that happened, and, you know, thinking specifically about his experience at war, and this happens a lot of times with war, right, where, where you know the story, you know, everyone knows it, it's widely reported, you know, what happened in World War II, what happened in, in Vietnam, people know it, but but you don't really know the experience of people involved and how uh, tremendous of an impact that these events have on individual people. And I'm thinking about that because I I do think it is similar to the school story, and not just in schools, but just overall young people in 2020 and 2021 and what they've been through. And it's one thing to talk about it, But it's another thing to, you know, hang on a second. Can we put ourselves in their shoes? Jan Crawford was talking about that yesterday. Well, I want to get to underreported stories uh, as well. Jan? Oh, for me, I mean, my kids hear me rant about this every day, so I may as well tell you guys. It's it's the crushing impact that our COVID policies have had on young kids and children. Mm -hmm. Uh, By far, you know, the least serious risk for serious illness Uh, But, I mean, even teenagers, you know, a healthy teenager has a one in a million chance of getting and dying from COVID, which is way lower than, you know, dying in a car wreck on a road trip. Uh, But they have suffered and sacrificed the most, especially kids in underrepresented, at-risk communities. And now we have the Surgeon General saying there's a mental health crisis Mm -hmm. among our kids. Uh, The risk of suicide suicide attempts among girls now up 51% this year. 
uh, black kids uh, nearly twice as likely as, as white kids to die by suicide. I mean, school closures, lockdowns, cancellation of sports. You couldn't even go on a playground in the D.C. area uh, without cops scurrying, uh, getting, shooing the kids off. Tremendous negative impact on kids. And it's been an afterthought. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hurt their dreams, their future, learning loss, risk of abuse, their mental health. And now with our knowledge, our vaccines, uh, if our policies don't reflect a more measured and reasonable approach for our children, mm -hmm. they will be paying for our generation's decisions uh, the rest of their lives. And that, to me, is the greatest underreported story of the past year. I think that was well put in about 90 seconds, as good as you can, right? Um, her opinion of the most underreported. It's not necessarily something that's underreported, but I think the uh, better word for it is uh, misunderstood, um, not understood at all, how much of an impact that really has. I think part of that is because a lot of people telling the story don't see it with their own eyes, right? I mean, there are a lot of people telling these stories who don't have kids, who don't see the impact on young people's lives. So kids from the age of three to, you know, 20, really. And to put it in that way, you know, we're doing this to our kids uh, almost unnecessarily. You think about the process of getting your kid a COVID test. Statistically speaking, there is a greater risk traveling in the car to go and find that test for your kid than there is from COVID of a severe outcome. It's not to say it's not a threat, but the impact that we're seeing on kids, I think, is totally misunderstood in 2020 and 2021 and now potentially doing it again. Now, think of what kids are being shut out from, right? If you don't have a, a vaccine over the age of five, no Bills game, no Sabres game, potentially no concerts in a lot of ways, right? Some of these venues have, because of the vaccination mandate or mask mandate, all right, we're going to go the vaccination route. Well, that means we're going to exclude anyone under the age of 16 or so. That's what we're seeing in a lot of places. And I like to think back to my experience uh, younger. I, I mean, there is, I hope everyone's doing this right now. Think back. It was a real sweet spot. It doesn't last very long. There's a sweet spot in your life. I mean, there's a reason why these years are so impactful. There is a sweet spot in your life where you have a, a little bit of freedom and no responsibility. <laughs> It only lasts like a couple of years. And in that time, I, I mean, you're able to do things that tell you who you are. I mean, we're always constantly changing as people. But they're very formative. I mean, they call them the formative years for a reason, right? I find this out the older I get. I'm learning as, as I go too. Uh, but they call these the formative years for a reason. I mean, these things can shape the rest of your life. And I, uh, for the last two years, I've been thinking back to what if I was, you know, if I'm 16, 17, 18 years old right now, and I, what did I do? I, I mean, I spent my time going to concerts, whether that was in a basement or whether that was somewhere else. Uh, we would go to shows. We'd get together with friends. We'd hang out. Uh, we, we would do all sorts of stuff. And how that was taken away from kids and what do you do? What would I have done with myself if I didn't have any of those outlets?
What, what would I be now if I didn't have that? I mean, it's so changing. I mean, the trajectory of life and kids. And, you know, Jan Crawford, kudos to her for really summing that up in, you know, uh, more succinctly than I can in about 90 seconds trying to deliver that impact of what exactly we're talking about and how the impact is felt. And she called it underreported, right? And, you know, I, I get the uh, what she's trying to convey there. I, I don't know if underreported is the right way to put that. I think maybe misunderstood or the impact isn't quite felt the same way. Or you hear about it, but you're just like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. You know, hope, eh, kids will be all right, I guess. <laughs> um, you hope, but I don't know. I thought that was interesting, along with a couple of other things, and we talked about them with uh, a lot of our interviews, Dr. Selleck, you know, uh, Steve Roberts, a lot of our guests who came on earlier this morning, all that available inside the podcast tab at WBEN. Dot com. But I want to hear a best for you, right? Uh, what is the best in 2021? Best thing you did, best thing you heard, you watched, uh, best story. Do you have something that really stands out, some positive in that negativity? What was it in 2021? A couple of people chiming in on our Volkswagen Park text board already. Um, I got a text from my brother. He said the best thing he watched was the F1 show on Netflix. All right. I, a lot of people. Uh, I know who watched that thing and said it was uh, one of the best things ever. Someone uh, saying, best thing I ever did in July, left my office job after being an office worker for 32 years, became a bus driver. So kudos to that person. Becoming a bus driver, leaving your office job, you leave that life behind, and you fill a need that we so desperately needed in 2021. So thank you, and uh, great to hear you're having a good time. Uh, someone else saying that it's over is the best thing of 2021. You might be uh, right. Uh, but I always laugh when people say this. Like, oh, yeah. Right? People said this in 2016. They, they do it every year now. 2020 was another one. Oh, I can't wait to get rid of 2020, the worst year. Right? When that clock strikes midnight, it's all going to change. No. Just, uh, you know, it's a new month. Same way November to December was. December to January. Doesn't mean everything's going to change. But it's nice to have that hope. And another person, point of clarity. Uh, uh, Randy might have mentioned this in the news. I know I mentioned it before. Of the Bills game this upcoming uh, week. Which, by the way, the Bills, you want to talk about best of 2021. How about the Bills? Right? Uh, The beginning of 2021 in the playoffs. The playoff push. Making it further than I've ever seen them. You know, when they were in the Super Bowl, I was four. Last time. So that was huge for me. I mean, that was uh, what a moment, you know, to uh, kind of relieve everybody from all that stress that you have, the COVID stress. Uh, But uh, someone mentioning the Bills and uh, the last time the Falcons were here was in 2005. And this person texting in saying, no, they were here in 2013. They were in Toronto in 2013, right? So the last time they were actually in Western New York was 2005. That's a long time to go between uh, seeing you know a team here live and in person. That's kind of crazy. Uh, same thing happened with Seattle last year. No fans were able to see it. You know, it's so long since they've been here in Western New York. But point of clarity there. Yes, it is the first time since 2005. 
Uh, let's keep it rolling on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. 803-0930 if you want to call and weigh in. What's the best thing that happened to you in 2021? Uh, someone said, best thing that happened to me this year? Becoming a grandmother for the first time. Congratulations. Love to hear it. Another person said, went to a doubleheader Blue Jays game. Saw a Grand Slam live and in person. That's got to be a best of 2021, right? You did something in Buffalo and Western New York. By the end of their run here, it was a packed house. And you were able to do something that... Really, before this year, no one was ever able to do before. You know, you can say, I saw the New York Yankees or I saw the Boston Red Sox play a game in downtown Buffalo. That mattered. That's kind of crazy. That's a cool, that's a positive. You know, all these things. That, and before this person texted in, I forgot it even happened. <laughs> these years are so long, you forget it. You forget that it even happened in 2021. I, um, let's see, favorite thing that I've done is probably getting back to live music in 2021 being able to do that for the first time in a very long time that had some meaning I mean that was special you know going back getting back to the things that were halted that you weren't able to do you weren't allowed to do in 2020 and that was one of them you know seeing my favorite bands in person again and just it's a different energy. It's uh, people letting loose. It, it is uh, maybe some words taking on a different meaning when you're screaming them back at somebody. That was one of my favorites in 2021. Someone saying bought a house in Florida. All right. I'm glad you're still listening to me. <laughs> you're down in Florida. Uh, glad you're still over here, uh, keeping it locked into what's going on in Western New York. Now, bills are a, a positive uh, thing, I think, in 2021. Still continue to be after what happened yesterday, ending 2021 on a high note with a win over the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> uh, good for the bills, not great for Bill, right? I loved this reporter after the game. Bill Belichick losing to the Bills, 33-21. You know, you're not going to get much from Belichick. What if we throw you a little bit of a curveball, Bill? All right, you just lost this game. What about this? Hi. Um, football aside, sorry, but I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah, no, not right now. Okay, thanks. Maybe next week. Sounds like somebody died. You hear his like quivering voice? Not right now. Just uh, not right now. <laughs> I can't do it. New Year's resolution? I I can't even think about it. I don't. After today, I don't know if we're gonna last into the new year. That's what Bill Belichick said yesterday. Uh, new Year's resolution? Not the time for Bill. I, so maybe that was one of the best things that happened in 2021. Is that answer from Bill Belichick? That's what the Bills do to you? Hey, Bill, uh, you have a New Year's resolution? He can't even bring himself to think. Why? Uh, the Buffalo Bills. I was just ran over uh, by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, some more best of 2021. Uh, how about uh, this person? I got my deck put up after asking for it for 10 years. That's a long time. As I've uh, figured out, sometimes it takes a long time to really get moving on some of these home improvement projects. Ten years, a deck, uh, that's pretty good 
Enjoy that space. Uh, you know what? Actually, this week, go out and enjoy it. It's going to be mid-40s. Enjoy your new deck uh, as we say goodbye to 2021. Um, and someone else saying, all right, this is this was my 2020. And it's this person's 2021. Uh, someone saying, learning how to reverse sear steak is a game changer. That was my 20. Learning how to make a steak the right way was what I did in 2020. You can't go out for any nice meal. You got to try and make it yourself. I was able to do that, and there's no going back. It's, it is a game changer. You can have a five-star meal made right in your kitchen. Sure, I set off the smoke detector 15 times. It doesn't matter. It's the taste that counts, right? And this person did it in 2021. Good on you. I mean, that's, that's a gift that keeps giving. You're going to love it. Hey, some of your best of, uh, worst of. And also, you know, over the holiday weekend, I was uh, impressed with myself. Not myself. I, I was really impressed with everybody else. I don't think COVID came up once. <laughs> Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, you know, big family gathering. And, and I said this last week, you know, it's hard to get away from it. It's all the time. It's what people are uh, experiencing. It's what, you know, people are talking about. It's what we're living with every single day. Despite all that, hours and hours of conversations with uh, a whole bunch of different people. Never really came up. Did you avoid those conversations over the weekend? Let me know. 803-0930. You're with BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all-star closer kenley jansen we have a question what's the best podcast of all time 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Good morning from Beamaz and Beamer. Joe is off today. I'm here hanging out with you for the next half hour or so on WBEN. Thanks for being with me. Uh, we're talking about, you know, some of your favorite things from 2021. The year's about to come to a close. What makes your best of list? There's so many of those out there all throughout the month of December. You know, who's uh, who's the best? Best TV show, best movie, best thing you did. Um, you know, it could be anything. Best news story, best anything. Uh, a lot of people chiming in with their personal bests. Someone else said, uh, you know, we uh, had the story of someone who uh, left their office job, went to become a bus driver. Someone chimed in, 803-0930, if you want to give us a call or weigh in on our Volkswagen Vorch Park text board. Uh, someone said, left a job as an over-the-road tour bus driver of 11 years to drive tractor trailers for a local company doing day trips so I can enjoy my kid's childhood. And good for you. So that's a good best of for 2021. Making that career switch. Seeing that for a lot of people. Uh, someone else saying my son's wedding. All right. That's a good best of. Right. And a whole lot of other people with their own personal bests of 2021. I like getting back to, you know, back to <laughs> being a person again in 2021. That's how I put it. You're able to go out uh, without, you know, a ton of worry. You're able to go and enjoy yourself. Go and hang out. Uh, do different activities. You go over to uh, a concert. You can go and do that. You can go to a Bills game again. How great is that? You know, over the summer, you go to a baseball game. You have fun there. You go out to a bar. You don't have to w- worry about, you know, uh, well, until recently. Stand up, sit down. You know, you do the, like, Macarena with your mask or something like that. Uh, But that was fun this year. And that kind of made my best of 2021 list. And then the late add to the best of 2021 is over the holidays. Great holidays. Celebrate with a lot of family and friends. And, you know, somehow uh, amidst all this craziness, and I I fully admit in this job you kind of get lost in the news. You get lost in the stories that you're talking about every day. And you talk more about the news than you do to actual people right outside. It's easy to kind of lose sight as to what is actually going on. You know, what the conversation is. Late best of 2021. No COVID talk or anything like that over the holidays. Right. And there's no one complaining about the president. There was no one complaining about COVID. There was no one talking about the test. There was no none of this or that. It was all just very pleasant, very normal. How are you? How's your family? (laughs) What's happening? Uh, A lot of stuff like that. Were you able to do the same? Because I was. It was a nice two days away from all of that, uh, that you're kind of uh, over and over and over again, uh, kind of beat over the head with on a daily basis. 
Uh, and hopefully you were able to get a little reprieve from that. Certainly the Bills helps, right? The Bills play on a holiday weekend, and it's a big game. You get a lot of talk about that. Uh, not so much of anything else going on, right? Uh, if you're in a Bills family, which I know a lot of people are, I, I think that's a lot of the, the talk. Uh, amazing, the scene yesterday. All these Bills fans uh, hanging out at the airport, welcoming the team back after a big win. And really, I mean, it was pretty nice weather for it. A lot of people don't have to work on Monday. (laughs) You had everything going for you to be able to make that a a nice warm welcome. Seemed like the players were enjoying it. Everyone who was out there was enjoying another, you know, at another party. You had Christmas Eve, you had Christmas Day probably, the day after Christmas. Bills are away from home, but we can go out there and and party and have a good time too. I... uh, not top of 2021 is the people complaining about that, right? Everyone has a friend, right, on Facebook or Twitter or some social media where they see all the videos of people having a good time, right? And whenever somebody's having a good time, they have to say, oh, blah, 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 blah. That, that's not their exact quote, but that's the uh, that sums everything up, right? You don't even have to uh, quote it. You just go, blah, 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 blah. that's what everyone sounds like. <laughs> When they they get upset over people enjoying themselves, right? Is that uh, over people? No one's hurting anyone. No one's. Everyone's uh, just having a good time. And uh, somehow it's uh, you know people getting upset. I I saw this. Uh, there was a couple people I saw on my social media feed who were chiming in. Oh, you know it's a play out. Can we just stop with the airport thing? Like, what what is it to you? Why don't you just shut up? You don't like it? Turn off the TV or whatever. Scroll, scroll faster. Like my goodness, I, you know that that's not Grinch. That's just Grump. If you if you're upset over people having a good time over their football team, meeting them at the airport, cheering and waving flag, I don't know. I, I you're not the person I want to hang out with ever. Uh, and my favorite part about this is. You know, you look at, if you have somebody like that on uh, social media, or maybe they made a comment to you today about fans gathering at the airport, getting excited after a big win, Uh, chances are, if they're complaining about this, you can probably go back a little bit, and, and they're complaining about everything, right? I mean, there is a common thread isn't this like the people who complain? The people who are over fans at the airport are the same people who are like that over just about anything. Anytime anyone's having a good time or anything that people might enjoy, they just have to. Oh, why do you enjoy this? this isn't even that good. It's my my example of a grouch. Uh, but yeah, th- those type of people are just doing the exact same thing with everything. You know, they're constant complainers on social media. They were out in full force again yesterday. Again. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) I saw him there. So that's my not top of 2021, right? Constant complainers. 
I see those uh, again and again and again. And I saw them last night. After fans were having a good time. So, uh, you know, congratulations. If you were out there having a good time, hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, pretty good party out there at the airport. A few more best of 2021. Uh, so a lot of these are switches in careers. Is that the trend? 2021 was the great time where you take a second look at what you're doing. Someone saying the best part of 2021 was starting my own auto parts business after being in construction for over 30 years. You change things around, you end up happier. Pretty good. Someone else saying uh, got a new Ford Bronco. That was their best of 2021. OJ, thanks for the text. Always uh, appreciate hearing from you. Oh, that wasn't him. Okay. <laughs> oh, there is there's actually a new Ford Bronco. Okay. Now that's uh, starting to make a little bit more sense. No, thanks for the text and the thought. 803-0930 if you want to keep those coming in uh, throughout the day on WBEM. Uh, but I did want to take some time today to revisit something in the past, actually. Uh, over the weekend, Medal of Honor recipient Gary Bykirk passed away. Uh, sadly, lived a long, a great life. He's a Rochester native. Went to my alma mater at uh, Brockport. They have a scholarship in his name. Uh, made quite an impression on a lot of young people in the Rochester area, working in education there for a number of years. And made quite an impression on me. Uh, we spoke with Gary Bykirk in 2019. Now, uh, most of you, uh, if you're listening to this, you probably know David Bellavia, who's also on our station, is a Medal of Honor recipient. And when that was announced, and when we were kind of preparing for David to receive the Medal of Honor, we spoke with Gary. We had him around and said, what's it like? You know, what should he know about this award? What did you find out about it after receiving it? What does it mean to you looking back now? And, and I thought it was a, a very, I, I mean, amazing discussion, amazing person. And I wanted to look back at uh, Gary Bykirk. We spoke with him just a couple of years ago before uh, David was uh, received the Medal of Honor. He's a Medal of Honor recipient, passed away over the weekend. Here's some of uh, Gary Bykirk. We talked with him a little bit about that Medal of Honor. Yeah, when we, we were in Chicago and at some other events with uh, some other Medal of Honor recipients, um, just this past week when the news broke to us that there was going to be a new Medal of Honor recipient, and um, my wife and I uh, immediately looked at each other and, just, and we just said, well, we'll be praying for him and his family. Um, because there's a uh, there's a similar uh, battle that all of us that wear the Medal of Honor have to fight. We we all fought and, and uh, in different wars, different battles. But there's one similar battle that we all fight once we have to put that medal around our neck, and that's the that's to find a reason why we were honored. Um, why me? Uh, I only did what I was trained to do. And so each of us have to go through this process of trying to find out um, why particularly am I being honored? Um, what does the Medal of Honor mean to me? How am I going to now live my life uh, with this new aspect, this new thing that is going to be a part of my life and a part of my family's life forever? Um, 
those were probably the most immediate thoughts that came through came through my mind. Now, Gary, how long ago did you receive the Medal of Honor, and, and maybe tell us how you earned it? Um, I received mine in 1973 from President Nixon. Uh, I was a Green Beret uh, medic that served with the Special Forces A Team in the jung- in jungles uh, of Vietnam up in the highlands. And our camp was surrounded uh, under attack for 30 days. And during that time, I was shot uh, three different three different times. It was April 1st. It was a bad day. <laughs> three times and all, all in the same day. Uh, but in spite of being wounded, um, I just kept on continuing to fight, continuing to do what I was trained to do, continue to do what my duty was, uh, which was to uh, be there with the mountain yard, um, villagers to help them, to help them and my team. Um, the greatest fear that I had during that whole time was not that I would die from any of the wounds that I received, but my greatest fear was is that I would let my team down. I would let those who depended upon me let them down and not be able to do what I was trained to do. Uh, when I found out that I was um, actually, it's a uh, it's a, a funny story. My back in the seventies coming out of the military was not a good place to be. Uh, I was spit on. I um, had quite a few other bad experiences in the civilian world. And so I took off and I went and I lived in a, lived in a cave in northern New Hampshire for two years. And when I found out that I was being awarded the Medal of Honor, I was living in that cave trying to forget about Vietnam. And now they were going to give me a medal for something that I was trying to forget well, I did go down to Washington. President Nixon gave me the Medal of Honor, um, but I I left right away and came back and put the medal in my duffel bag, went back to the cave, and I never took the medal out for um, for about seven years, just trying to deal with uh, what the Medal of Honor meant, all the memories that came with that medal. So it, for me, it was a, a difficult process. It took me seven years to... Uh, come to an understanding of what the Medal of Honor meant and um, what it meant for me and how I was going to live with it. Uh, That has to be tough, especially kind of knowing what uh, you went through after Vietnam, you know, in the war, the reception that unfortunately you and so many other Vietnam veterans got when you came home, then to be awarded this, I I mean, it's almost like a a total 180, right? Where you get that reception after the war and then awarded with the highest honor the military has. Not only was it unique for the Vietnam experience, but I, Brian, I think that any Medal of Honor recipient, uh, fights that that um that contradiction that that dilemma because someone doesn't act um uh, like when someone's awarded the medal of honor they do an act that's selfless they do it out of sacrifice they do it out of love for someone else more than themselves you don't do it because you're trying to be a show-off you don't do it because you're some big rambo kind of guy you do it because you care for somebody else more than yourself and then after that, to be all of a sudden now you're recognized and you're pulled out of the, you're pulled out of your team, you're pulled out of everybody else who was in that battle, and and someone is saying, you above all else are special, and and that's that's a dilemma, that's a battle that that all of us who wear the Medal of Honor um, have to fight 
because we didn't do it to be special. We did it because we loved. And to be recognized above and beyond uh, is uh, uncomfortable for us. Gary Bykirk, a Medal of Honor recipient, with us live this morning. He received the award in 1973 from President Nixon. He was a Green Beret in Vietnam and just talked to us about the uh, selfless work that he did in Vietnam to earn this award. But, uh, Gary, the difficulty you mentioned about in the first years after getting this award, what, what is your life like now with the Medal of Honor? Um, it's uh, it's taken on a, a new meaning. I, I just retired a few years ago uh, after working as a middle school counselor for 33 years. People often wonder why, how does a Green Beret be, you know, from Vietnam become a middle school counselor? And I often tell them, I say, well, coming back from Vietnam, I tried to figure out what I could do with all those skill sets, and I thought working with seventh graders was a good, a good place to be. Vietnam was good training for working with middle schoolers. Um, but the, uh, so I, I've spent the last 33 years uh, trying to teach the the middle schoolers some of the life lessons that that war taught me. Um, there was a saying we had in Vietnam that to really live, you must almost die. To those that fight for it, life has a meaning that the protected will never know. And my students used to ask me, "Why did you ever come out of the cave, Mr. B?" And I would say, I, I told them that. Um, I came out of the Cape because I felt that there was a message that I had learned about life. Uh, and that message was that in order to really live, you must almost die. And not maybe die physically, but just learn how to die to yourself, denying yourself, thinking about others more than yourself. If you can learn that about life, you'll find out that life has a meaning that the protected, those who choose not to care about others, they'll never know that. Um, and so I've spent the 33 years um, trying to share that message with young people, people in the military, people in the community, other veterans, trying to help them find the words that can articulate for them what war has taught them, because war will teach you some very valuable lessons. And I've listened to some of the things that David has said over the years. Um, and, and most recently, when, when he's found out that he's received the Medal of Honor, and I, I think that David uh, is able to really articulate some of those lessons. So I'm glad to see that he's um, involved in trying to share what war taught him with others. But that's what I've been doing for the past 33, well, longer years <laughs> or so. Well, that's uh, that's one of the things I've kind of keyed in on over the past several days is kind of this message or trying to get across uh, what exactly war is to those who have not experienced it and uh, taking some of those lessons, something you just mentioned. As a Medal of Honor recipient, uh, do you feel like you need to be at the forefront, that you need to be the person to send that message, and do other Medal of Honor recipients feel the same way? Uh, most of us, most of us have uh, resolved that dilemma that I mentioned earlier by realizing that uh, we have been blessed. We've been given a significant platform, and without it, without exception, um, there are seventy Medal of Honor recipients that are live. Uh, Seventy-one after June twenty-fifth. Um, there's about thirty. 30 of us that do quite a bit of speaking and who are able to travel. And without exception, all of us 
uh, would say that this medal is not about me. It's not about what I've done. We wear it for others. We wear it to be able to share a message that there's a different way to live your life, and that's caring for others more than yourself. Um, most of us realize and are respectful and humbled by the platform that the Medal of Honor presents for us, and we uh, we feel a responsibility to, to others. We ref- we feel a responsibility to those who served in the past, who, since this country has was formed, um, have loved freedom, have loved this country, have loved the values more than themselves. We wear it for all of them. We wear it for those that are serving now. We do feel a responsibility to be out there, to encourage them, to thank them for serving, and to let others know um, that there is a different way to live your life, and we need to appreciate and be thankful and grateful to those who choose to serve others more than self. It's Gary Bykirk, passed away over the holiday weekend, joined us in 2019, Medal of Honor recipient, talking a little bit about his life, um, both his actions in Vietnam, what life was like after, uh, what a life lived. I mean, can you say anything? How many people would be able to say that they experienced what he did in life uh, and, and took those experiences and tried to help out younger people in the western New York area? So we remember Gary Bykirk. And, and you know, not many of us are going to be able to say that we have lived life like that. I mean, there's a select few. It's why there is something like the Medal of Honor. But maybe if there is a lesson, as you know, I remember Gary and just how his brief story that he told me and that you just heard right there kind of uh, opened my eyes a little bit. Hopefully, maybe if there's one thing you can take, one thing you can do in his memory is to, you know, live your life. Try and uh, make the most out of it and squeeze every little bit of juice from it as you can. Because from the sounds of it, that is exactly what Gary was able to do. Um, So, you know, please remember him this morning. Uh, We'll be back here uh, tomorrow. I won't be, uh, but I'll talk with you again this week. WBEN News Time is 9.57. You've been listening to BMAS and Beamer. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.